Hey, it's the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. And welcome, everyone, to the Thursday show of week six of the Left Coasters podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo. I'm with Dangles. I was about to say the ballerina. I'm with (laughs) Dangles, Matt D'Angelo, Antonio. The ballerina is also, again, as in the Tuesday show, not with us this week, although he will be calling in to do a lovely pick'em section later on in the show. We have filling in. For the Thursday show, a very special treat of a guest host, our senior NBA correspondent, Mr. Thomas Jones-Wortham. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited for you to be here, my man. Always good to have you in, talk a little Lakers basketball. Season's coming up. We got uh, some guy in town, I guess, who's supposed to be pretty good at this game and is going to turn the team around and all that sort of stuff. And uh, the dude with the crazy dad is back, so Uh there's that as well. Uh, It's going to be a fun season for the Purple and Gold, right? Dangles obviously knows a lot about the NBA, (laughs) and that's why we have TJ here. He's going to help us in this uh, Los Angeles section, talk about the Rams, talk about the Chargers as well as a little bit of a preview of the NBA season that is yet to tip off. And then he's going to join us for the Pick'em section where he has a very high mountain to climb to try and be the best guest host in the Pick'em section. But let us start off with the reason why we have a podcast, and that is the Los Angeles football scene. We have one team that stayed undefeated, undefeated with the best offense in the NFL, and we have another team that won a very, very good game, a very convincing win, a team that has only lost to the other two undefeated teams and a team that is making a push for the AFC playoffs in the Los Angeles Chargers. So let's talk about these two teams because I'm very interested to see what you, TJ, have to say living here in Los Angeles talking about the two new L.A. franchises. Let's break it down first with the Chargers. Dangles, what did they do last week? The Los Angeles Chargers won! Hooray! Yes. At home, even though their stadium was full of Raider fans. I'm pretty sure it was a 50-50 split. Uh, they still won. 26-10 was your final score. Uh, Phillip Rivers uh, is your passing leader, of course, for the San Diego Chargers. 22 of 27, a decent day as far as accuracy goes. 12.6 yard average, two touchdowns, no picks. He did get sacked once. Derek Carr, his counterpart, 24 of 33 for 268 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He was sacked three times. Meanwhile, uh, Melvin Gordon leads the way in rushing for the Chargers. 19 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown. Marshawn Lynch, meanwhile, nine carries for 31 yards. Uh, No rushing touchdowns for anyone on the Raiders uh, last week. They were able to get into the end zone with Jordy Nelson, who did catch a passing touchdown. Uh, Martavis Bryant was their leading receiver, though, on the day. Three catches for 91 yards. Keenan Allen, your Chargers leading receiver, eight catches for 90 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, and then a smattering of others, Tyrell Williams, Mike uh, Williams, Austin Eckler, uh, Antonio Gates, and Virgil Green all caught passes, uh, Eckler and 
Green getting into the end zone for touchdowns. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Chargers win. They looked pretty solid defensively throughout the game, I think. Um, they were able to hold the uh, Oakland Raiders, who did, uh, didn't score their first touchdown until the final quarter, which, hey, I think any day you yep. can do that in the NFL is a, is a uh, chalk up a W in that category. Uh, but the Chargers still have yet to score since Anthony Lynn took over uh, as head coach on the first possession of a football game. Still a crazy stat to me. The Chargers did what they needed to do. They stomped on the Oakland Raiders and never let them back in the game. And I think this defense, I think you're right, Dangles. They sort of stepped up. They're starting to look more cohesive unit. Uh, Melvin Ingram is an animal, as is Derwin James. Derwin James is uh, what a good draft pick that kid is turning out to be. I will say, though, there are some mental mistakes in that defense that need to get eliminated. That Jordy Nelson touchdown only happened because Derek Carr snapped the ball fast and no one was covering Jordy Nelson in the end zone. Don't know how that happens, but hey, once they fix those little problems, that Chargers team is going to be tough to beat because that offense is clicking. TJ, let's go to you, buddy. The Los Angeles Chargers are clearly the younger brother, the baby brother in this city. But you watch them as long, as much as you watch the Rams. They are fun to watch. What do you think? What is your mindset when going to the Los Angeles Chargers? Where do you think they stand amongst the NFL this season? Well, I will correct you by saying, sadly, I do not watch them as much as I watch the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. You know, as as the um, thesis statement of this podcast, as transplants here trying to figure out which team to cheer for, I mean, who got here first? The Rams. The Rams got here first. So immediately that was the team we started paying attention to. And, you know, I've been familiar with Phillip Rivers since his days uh, back at uh, NC State. And so uh, I've been watching him throw that that ugly sidearm pass for years and years. And, uh, you know, he always seems to be pretty consistent, uh, kind of a gunslinger, always keeping his team in the game, has the ability to come from behind. Uh, they seem pretty similar to last year in terms of being able to stay in the games. The kicking woes continue for them here yep. and there this season as they plagued them last year. So, you know, it's good to see them competitive, and it's going to be fun. I, I hope that they continue to stay in the playoff hunt because that will obviously make the, the entertainment value for the L.A. football scene continue to build and, and be strong throughout the season if they stay in that in that race. So, you know, I like that they're competitive, and unfortunately, oftentimes they're playing at the same time as the Rams, and I watch the Rams. Dangles, what do you see out of the first five games of this Chargers team? What excites you here? Their offense is very high octane, and they can score at will when they're on, when they're not making mental mistakes, when they're not letting little, you know, when they're not letting little things happen. You know, Philip Rivers bobbled a snap this past week. Fortunately, he was able to corral it and turn it into a touchdown to Austin Eckler. Great for them that time around, but you know, how many times you bobble a snap in the NFL and it doesn't turn out that way? Um, so again, and I think I think they have a lot of ways to score you, but I I I really do think this not being able to score on the first drive is going to come back to haunt them yeah. in the long. You can beat a team like the Charge or like the Raiders uh, by not not scoring on the first possession, uh, but you're not going to be able to beat the Chiefs when when the second go round against them come comes. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to keep. I'm going to continue riding what's hot right now. I love the two headed attack out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, me too. I think that, that they're using that to the absolute best of their abilities. Melvin Gordon's still getting close to 100 yards a game, and somehow Austin Eckler continues to find his way into the end zone off of these little dump-off passes. He's so dangerous in space. I hope they keep using him that way. The team's good. I think the team is getting better and better each week. I do not like the coaching staff, but I think once they eliminate these mental mistakes, they do have a chance to make the playoffs and maybe even win a few games in the playoffs. I don't think the AFC is that strong other than those Kansas City Chiefs, and even they have holes. But let's go to the game, because they have a game right now that could be against two wild card teams 
everyone likes to call the Cleveland Browns should have been 5-0. and I'm sitting next to a man, the, the senior NBA correspondent, who took the season-long over and wins for the Cleveland Browns, and I know he's rooting for Cleveland deep down. He might even like Cleveland better than the Chargers. I don't know. We're about to hear him speak. But also, before he does talk about his love for the Cleveland Browns and how good he is, how good they are, I will say again, he's an NBA correspondent, not an NFL oh. correspondent. <laughs> oh, so, what do we have for the Chargers this week? The Chargers are going to head to Cleveland uh, and take on the newly opened fridge Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah, they've opened the fridge <laughs> the twice now. are two now wins. open not once but twice, and they're now devoid of Bud Light. Yeah. Cleveland Browns have two wins on the seasons. They are at 500, 2, 2, and 1. I think in order to win this game, because Cleveland has a good defense, they have playmakers on offense, but they have a rookie quarterback. I like Baker a lot. I think he's very, very good. But the kid you saw last Sunday, he will make mistakes if you put him in bad situations. I think uh, Los Angeles Chargers have enough playmakers on defense, especially along that defensive line, to get in Baker's face and make his life difficult. Stop Carlos Hyde, the running back, and you make Baker throw over you, and you just got to get in his way and attack him over and over again. I think the Chargers can win this game, but it's not going to be as easy as last year's Cleveland Browns. That much is obvious. Dangles, what do you think? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, this isn't this isn't a gimme by any stretch. No. And I don't think that I think the Browns are. I think the Chargers know they can't overlook the Browns. Yeah. Baker Mayfield can beat you with the passing game. He does still have weapons on offense. The Cleveland Browns are rushing the ball at an incredible clip this year. They're one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. And their defense is stalwart. Denzel Ward may very well be the defensive rookie of the year if, um, oh, what's his face, Derwin James doesn't take that honor himself. I think he's among the best young defenders in the league. It was a great draft pick uh, by them. I, I absolutely agree. The Cleveland Browns are not to be overlooked. They have... They have guys that can win the game everywhere. I still think the Chargers are going to win this one. I, I just, I, I, I just do. You. I just do. I just think, I think the Browns are getting there. I don't think they're there yet. And I think, even though we talk about the Chargers as the little brother, they're the big brother here. This is a, they are the big brother. The Cleveland Browns are the little brother that's going to be trying to play up to them. And I think that I, I just don't. I think it's going to be close. Mm-hmm. I don't think that uh, it's going to be a blowout at all. But I do think the Chargers end up out on top. Before I go to TJ, because I know he's chomping at the bit to disagree with us, the man that scares me on Cleveland this week is Antonio Cal. The only reason I say that is is that they are targeting him a lot in the passing game, and him and Baker just haven't been able to connect. But if you watch that Oakland game, those balls to Martavis Bryant were deep down the field, and that's Callaway's bread and butter, and that's the one weakness that the Chargers team has is giving up those big plays. So I'm a little bit worried that Callaway gets going this week, and he could change that momentum of that game in a heartbeat. TJ, we both picked the Chargers. What do you have to say for yourself? Chargers at Browns. Well, first, I want to ask you guys, who did you pick in the uh, Ravens-Browns game last week? Uh, we picked Baltimore. Yeah, we both did. Anyways, uh, you know, guys, I'm no X and O expert when it comes to the football, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me on as an NBA analyst who's able to, um, you know, give a, a mild, soft opinion of his of his thoughts on the NFL, and I like to bring a little something different to the table. So for my pickums this week, I'll be presenting my predictions in the form of hip-hop lyrics. Oh, Okay. I uh, dug deep in the crates and found some uh, great lines, some not-so-great lines, and uh, that's how we're going to do this, to try and add a little extra flavor to the pick'em section hey, with my involvement. As a man who writes poems trying to create metaphors to the NFL, I am all about this right now. Let's hear it. Is it pick'em time? It's pick'em time. Before Kanye West got diluted in the Kardashian cesspool, 
in 2004 on Jesus Walks, he asked a question. He said, you know what the Midwest is? And he answered, young and restless. I'm going with the Browns. Baker Mayfield is the truth. Cheese and I will hit our season over win bet of five and a half, and they will get another W this Sunday at home. Bud Lights for everyone. You know, Bud I got, Lights I, for everyone. I got to say that one of my favorite parts of Sundays is, is watching the Hard Knocks bandwagon crew over yes, here of, yes. of TJ and Alex uh, go nuts for the Browns. I have to say it's one of my favorite parts of, of, of Sunday football. My favorite moment of every Sunday, you can mark it down, is uh, Alex Alchick comes in wearing his New York Giants jersey trying <laughs> to rip those Giants. And right about when the third touchdown against the Giant goes on the board. And there's no way off, they can climb back into it. <laughs> he rips off that jersey and throws it to the ground. And under it is some type of Browns Blessum t-shirt. So he's a fair-weather fan, to say it at most, and he's ready for those Browns to take over his heart. So they will do it again this week. Let's move on to the Rams because this team is one of the only two undefeated teams left. And this team, we said it last week, we did not think this was going to be a cakewalk. We thought Seattle was going to come in and be like, this is a divisional opponent. They embarrassed us last year. We're going to do our best to punch him in the mouth. And the Rams survived. They made it. And without their two best receivers who left the game with concussion-like symptoms we do not know if they're going to return this week we will know that later on in the week I think this game and Dangles will give us the stats in a second I think this game was the crowning of Jared Goff because he was still making these throws down the field to guys like Josh Reynolds and Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett not household names and Jared Goff of all people was doing the damn thing against the Seahawks and Jared Goff of all people was the one to convince McVay to run the very last play of the game that sealed the deal dangles what happened uh, the Rams hung on in a fight that was for a while punch for punch uh, beating the Seattle Seahawks 33 to 31 in front of the 12th man in Seattle uh, Jared Goff he's so hot right now 22 of uh, 23 I should say of 32 for 321 yards uh, touchdown and two interceptions for him meanwhile Russell Wilson his counterpart 13 of 21 for 198 yards and three touchdowns for Russ that's a little bit more like what we're used to seeing uh, out of him the Rams definitely struggled to keep him uh, from improvising yeah. yes, against them. He was able to do it a lot and at will. Uh, rushing the ball, uh, Todd Gurley, 22 carries, uh, 77 yards, three touchdowns on the ground for him. Chris Carson continues to play strong. If you're a fantasy owner of Chris Carson, you're probably happy uh, that you've got him on your squad. 19 touches for him in the game, 116 yards. Wasn't able to find Paydirt, unfortunately. Uh, Receiving-wise, Robert Woods led the way after, as you mentioned, Tony, the two uh, top receivers in Cooper Cup and uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon Cooks. Cooks, not in that order, uh, ended up leaving the game. Cooks took a nasty hit. I'm surprised he walked off the field under his own power the way he got hit on that play. His, his second concussion in nine months not good not good uh, uh cooper cup had six catches for 90 yards before he left the game uh, josh reynolds also as you mentioned got involved to to your point tony uh, uh really encouraging to see that because what think about what makes tom brady great among the many things that make tom brady great Absolutely. no matter who he's throwing to he's great yep. and that is the sign of a quarterback who's going to win for you no matter what and win when the chips yep. are down uh and then for this for seattle tyler lockett three catches for 98 yards and a touchdown uh uh, and a coming out party for a young man, David Moore. Uh, no idea where he went to school, but he did catch three passes for 38 yards and two touchdowns. See, this is why we need the ballerina here. He knows where everyone went to school. But again, uh, props to McVay as well for coaching these guys up to make sure guys like Josh Reynolds knows where to be on certain play calls. But Jared Goff, man, you were absolutely right on the money there, calling him Brady-like in those 
finding people where they needs to find them and making those throws, standing tall in the pocket, and just being the star that this team needed. Todd Gurley found the end zone three times, but he did not have a great day otherwise yardage-wise. It was all about Jared Goff. TJ, we talked about the Chargers. Where do you stand on this Rams team, and how excited are you every Sunday to watch them on your television? I mean, what a fascinating turn of events since they first came just a few years ago. Um, and it seems like ever since Fisher left the nest, it's just exploded and been uh, a blast for us all to watch. And I, I've mentioned this on the coasters before, but as divisive as pulling for different teams um, all over the NFL, it's so nice to come together and, and root for a team that's as fun uh, and as good as the Rams. And, and, and to me, uh, as a casual NFL fan the, the the real difference with the Rams and the rest of the league and and please feel free to inform me or correct me if I'm wrong but it seems like the two big differences with them and the rest of the league is is one Todd Gurley because mm -hmm. it just doesn't seem like as many great running backs as there are I just when I watch the slew of games on Sunday I don't see anybody that is reliable as he is to punch it in the end zone when they're close. It He's just seems like a given. You know, we always just—it's almost automatic. It really is when they get within like five yards. It's almost guaranteed that he's going to get it through. It's unbelievable. It's girly territory, is what she's always yells, and you just know it. You know, they're ten yards out. Girly's getting a touchdown. That seems automatic. He's been doing work for me in fantasy. And the other big difference to me, and you know, as a casual observer, there's only so much you can really know about this, but the coaching just seems to be impeccable. You know, what McVeigh's doing over there, not only does he seem to always make the right choice, but he always seems to have the complete confidence of his players and the rest mm -hmm. of his staff. And every time you look on the sideline, you know, there's no doubt uh, that he is calculating things in a way that other folks aren't. And, you know, I just have faith in him every time there's a tough decision to make. Just like going for it on that fourth and one towards the end of that game, that you know? Was, yeah, unbelievable. You're absolutely right. Even if he didn't get it, it feels like those guys would have backed that decision. But we, he made the right decision, and he got it. You saw how energized that team was after they got it. You saw how that team just was elated to be 5-0 and and escape with the win on their terms because I was nervous. I thought Rams were really in trouble. And to see that team gel together and to, cheat, to see Jared Goff, who is usually cool as a cucumber, get up and do the most awkward first down sign, excited <laughs> move with his big-ass mitts, it was an unbelievable moment. And a moment, I think, when these Rams are in the playoffs and hopefully the Super Bowl, that's going to be in every video package you see across the interwebs. Jared Goff being pasty white? Right there. Oh, yeah, go. <laughs> for the big old first down on fourth and one. Uh, as for this week, what do the Rams need to do to continue this undefeated streak? Put on some oxygen masks. They're heading to Denver to take on the Broncos at mm. Mile High. <laughs> so break out the oxygen masks for everybody. Uh, Todd Gurley's going to be ripping off 75-yard runs and then need a blow afterward. This is going to be interesting because Denver always plays well at home. I think Denver yep. really crapped the bed last week, so they're going to be very angry this week. Denver needs a win. And I still think this team has uh, the, the people on offense, especially on offense, to make the Rams work. Marcus Peters did not have a good day against Seattle and obviously is playing injured. I don't believe Tlaib's going to be back yet either. This team can give up the big play, and this Denver team, along with Demarius and Emmanuel Sanders, this Cortland Sutton cat is six foot four and a beast. He's turning out to be a player as well. Case Keenum can make the throws. They have two dangerous running backs back there who are both very young and full of energy. TJ, what do you think needs to happen for the Rams to continue this undefeated streak? You know, I think as long as Gurley's healthy and McVeigh's upright, they're going to have a good chance. All right, so who are you taking in this game? The team that I'm choosing in this game, they're going to be going Biggie circa 1996 in their private jet post game, undefeated at 6-0, and all singing along 
We're going, going back to back to Cali, Cali, six and zero. The Rams. Let's keep it going. Ram it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take the Rams as well. Dangles. Yeah, I think the Rams ultimately win this one. Um, the Broncos are dangerous when they can get a rushing game going. Yeah. If they can get the Freeman and Philip Lindsay two-headed beast working, that has opened up the passing game for Patrick Mahomes. It's what they did when they almost beat the Chiefs at home. And Carson had over 100 yards. Their backup, Mike Davis, had over 50 yards last week for Seattle. The Rams can give up rushing yards. Absolutely. The Rams, I think, are, in fact, maybe their, the biggest hole in their defense is rushing, and it's 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 that linebacking core, because if a running back breaks through the, that, that front three, there's no one else to There's stop really nobody else to stop. You've got bad tacklers and secondary guys who can't take down Although, a running back, say, and you've got an experienced linebacker. I will say Mark Barron is bringing the heat every time he gets close to a He's guy. a good guy to have in the secondary because he's a converted linebacker and he knows how to make those tackles Bring in a way the, the secondary heat. guys just can't. Uh, I, I think, I think so yeah, so I think if the Rams if the Rams aren't able to stop the run, they could run into some trouble. We could see another close game like this. I think they know that they're going to have to clean that up, and I think they will going into this game. I think they're going to win on the road and move to 6-0. and All right, we're all on the Rams. We will find out what the ballerina picks when he calls us next in the pick'em section. But before we get there, the reason we have Mr. Thomas Jonesworth on the podcast is because he grew up in North Carolina. But he ended up a diehard Los Angeles Lakers fan, and that fandom is true. This is not just he moved here and became a Lakers fan. No, no, no. He's been a Lakers fan for a long, long time, and you can hear all about that in our archives at the Left Coasters podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. He's been with us before and explained all that, but we have him on here right now because the Los Angeles Lakers have signed in the offseason, in case you haven't heard, the best NBA player since Michael Jordan. LeBron James is now a Laker. You and I, sir, were very, very uh, unbelievably lucky enough to go to the first mm. ever LeBron James game at the Staples Center mm. this past, uh, I think, two Tuesdays ago by now at the at the Staples Center. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. He came down with a monster dunk that lit the place on fire. Staples Center will be popping all season. My question to you is, where do the Lakers end up in this very vaunted, top-heavy NBA? Do the Lakers fan have a chance to be happy with their team? I mean, you know, after five seasons in a row of, of not even making the playoffs and draft picks every year, some working out like Lonzo Ball so far, some not working out like D'Angelo Russell, uh, they've been they've been down in the gutter for a while. So I think the, the very least we can expect and hope for and be happy about is I think a trip to the playoffs uh, is inevitable. I think they got inevitable. The, OK. Yeah. I mean, they got the talent around them and um, the leadership of LeBron and you know, you look what LeBron did last year in the Eastern Conference with that team. Uh, and granted, it's the Eastern Conference, but still his ability to take that team on his back, you know, get the best out of guys around him. I think the very least you can expect out of them is a trip to the playoffs. And that's huge in L.A. Granted, it's L.A. and, oh, folks, yeah. and folks want banners, but that's a start. It's a great place. And so that's that's their basement. I will say, though, about these Lakers, LeBron is amazing. He's great. He's going to win games on his own. But the people that they brought in around him, it's kind of like my thoughts on the Rams before this season. Obviously, the Rams are 5-0. and I was wrong, but there was a lot of weird personalities coming to that team, the Rams, and I didn't know how they would mesh on the defensive side. You have guys like Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, all coming into this team for new, along with LeBron James, who's a personality himself and brings all that in. Plus, you got that Lonzo Ball's father who's still making noise wherever he is. Do all these personalities mesh over a very long season? Do you see any tumultuous times coming up for them? 
Well, if you just look at where that roster's been the last few years and, and how young they were and lack of championship caliber players they had on there. And, you know, they brought in LeBron multiple championships. They brought in Rondo a championship. And mm. believe it or not, JaVale McGee, NBA champion, who played some really solid minutes in the Golden State's playoff runs and championship. Um, you can't knock him for that. He looked great. I know you were hating on him hard in that game, but yep. he was one of the leading scorers that game. They couldn't touch him when he got the ball around the rim. So, you know, I think it's going to be um, a time of flux there at the beginning to make sure that everyone's on the right page. I think a lot of those new guys, though, they're all on one-year contracts, so uh, they're essentially in contract years, and it's going to be yep. important for them to not only play well but to not be a nuisance in that locker room because they're in L.A. now, the spotlight's on, the lights are brighter than anywhere else in the league, and they're going to want to have a good copacetic season where they don't uh, you know, rock the boat because they all want contracts next year, whether mm -hmm. it be re-signed with L.A. if there's some room for them or you know, if they have a great successful season where they're able to contribute, sign a longer deal somewhere else. But they're here to win and to make sure that they are doing the best they can to bring this team back. And the way that I think really that they can do that is defensively. And I think that the one thing that, you know, people having a lot of takes on what they say this team's going to be when it's not going to be it's pretty obvious that the three-point shooting is going to be an issue it's kind of hard to avoid that um but I think defensively they can really do some good stuff and you know Lonzo Ball my point of emphasis that I think if he can stay healthy that's worth looking at for the casual fan mm -hmm. is Lonzo Ball is taller than most guards in the west you look at the elite guards in the West between Chris Paul, uh, you know Donovan Mitchell in Utah, Damian Lillard in Portland, um, e even Steph out in, in Golden State. He's got several inches on all of them, and you know he's an underrated defender. He's super long. Uh, he's 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 quick on his feet. And when they have that their death lineup, the Lakers death ver lineup version, they're gonna be really long, and they can be really good defensively. Mm -hmm. LeBron's gonna have to take it upon himself more than he did last year in Cleveland, where he pretty much took the whole year off playing defense. But if he can assert himself, maybe cut back the minutes, they can be really good defensively, and that can turn into offense. Because I, I know you've seen it in the few highlights, but on the fast break, this team is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. All their players can catch, pass, and shoot. They're cutting around. LeBron's finding Brandon Ingram on the, on the past, cutting in the middle. They're amazing on the fast break. So solid defense, scrappy defense can turn into good offense. I'm happy you brought those names up because it leads me to my next question. This would not be a left-coaster show if we didn't have a marry-fuck kill. And I'm going <sighs> to give you a marry-fuck kill of your Lakers young guys right now. I want to give you Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and Brandon Ingram. Marry-fuck kill as quickly as you can. Uh, quick as I can, I mean, the obvious choice uh, for for marrying is Brandon Ingram. Uh, I he, think he, I agree. He looks to take a big step this year. He's he's made it vocal that, you know, he wants he has the potential he thinks to be an all star this year. Whether that's true or not, he certainly has all the tools in his toolkit to be uh, LeBron's running mate, averaging 20 to 25 points a game. We saw just the other night in the preseason, he was able to close the game out and score 31 points. He seems like the best bet. Uh, who I'm going to kill? Holy cow. It's um, tough, isn't it? They I like the three guys that I just yeah. mentioned. I think they can play. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to kill Kuzma sadly. Oh, yes, that makes me so happy. Because you know, he he's he's got a lot of potential. He can slash with the best of them in the league. He can shoot. He's got a great little post-up game. He's super athletic. He's super long. They've been running him at the 5 for their small ball lineup. They they have him in the preseason playing center. And you know, there when when the game is getting further and further away from the big man's dumping it down low, you know he can really put an elbow into a lot of guys down low and give them trouble, similar to how Draymond Green does mm -hmm. for the Golden State Warriors. So while I'm really excited what he can do for our team and especially how fast our team can be at him at the five, I would get rid of him 
and I would uh, take home for the evening Lonzo Ball <laughs> because I think that you know I think we're just seeing the start of this kid. I mean, he can do it, everything, and yeah. if he can increase his three point percentage by just a lot, uh, excuse me, just a little, not a lot. He doesn't have to be lights out point guard, three point shooter. If he can just be a little bit better and make it a threat so that they can open up the floor for guys to slash, he's going to be super dangerous. At what what did Jordan say? The ceiling is the roof for that kid. <laughs> the ceiling is the roof. All right, one more question. I won't ask you uh, uh, what's the over under on how many games go by in the season before LeBron James has Luke Walton fired, but I will ask mm-hmm. you. What is your prediction for this team? What seed do they have at the end of it all if they're a playoff team? Uh, I would say that they are a third or a fourth seed. Oh, wow. And you got I, high hopes here. Yeah, you know, I think that um, there's still going to be a lot of time the second half of the season to make some, second half of the season to make some move. Magic Johnson uh, is as good as they come, in, at least recently, with making moves. And so there's some shooters they potentially could pick up through a trade. Um, you know, there's always some guys that shake loose towards the end of the season that teams are allowed to pick up. You look at like Bellinelli last year for the 76ers. You pick him up, all of a sudden your lineup opens up because you've got a great three-point shooter and someone who kind of energizes your roster late in the season. So they have some time to make some moves. I think they're underrated. I think they win around 54, 55 games. Wow, got you. Well, we will have you back before those playoffs happen if indeed those Lakers are in them. And I, I think they will be in them. I don't know about as high as the third or fourth seed, but that's why you're here, my man. It's an exciting time to be a lost. Angeles sports fan we have a team fighting for the playoffs in the AFC we have a team that's undefeated in the NFC and we have the king donning a Lakers jersey what a world what a world special that is it for our Los Angeles section let's move on ahead to the pick'em and we are back with everyone's favorite section it is time for the pick'em challenge the pick'em Challenge and TJ is returning, coming in from the hot from the LA section, talking about his LeBroni Lakers, getting ready to make his picks. TJ, my man, we've had two guest hosts so far this year, both of which have gone 10 and 5, 10 mm-hmm. and 5 on the week. Are you ready to step up to the plate and match these other two? Shaquille O'Neal calls that barbecue chicken. That means easy. That means candy from a baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, he's ready. He is ready. And also, it wouldn't be a pick'em section if we didn't have all three hosts here. And that's right. Coming to you from Rochester Hills, Michigan, a suburb of the great city of Detroit. And I'm only calling them great because they beat my Packers last week. We have on the phone the third host of this Left Coasters podcast, the ballerina, calling in. Hello, Mr. Brian. How are you? I'm doing well, fellas. How are we doing? Good, good. Glad to have you on. I know it's late there. Thanks for taking taking the time to to join us for Pick'em. We we couldn't just do it the right way with without you, our two time, two time, two time defending champion. Well, I appreciate it very much, and I obviously could not pass up an opportunity to be on the phone and brag about my Detroit Lions. What a win! What a win! <laughs> it did actually cost me in the Pick'em because uh, last week, as we know from the gravestones, Dangles won with a ten and five record. I went nine and six. Brian coming back on the good side, eight and seven. That leaves the season-long rankings. Yours truly still in first place, forty-four and thirty-two. Dangles only three games behind, forty-one and thirty-five. Brian still in the race, thirty-seven and thirty-nine. Before we begin, Brad guy, do you want to say a quick little thing about your Lions uh, playing Sunday last week and killing my Green Bay Packers? Uh, yeah, I, I think the most amazing thing that I saw, and I was accompanied by family and friends watching it, uh, the thing that stood out the most was having a team 
that we knew had offensive firepower, but a team that forced turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. The Detroit Lions have been really bad at causing turnovers. Uh, and so uh, whenever you have a team that can't stop the run consistently and it's uh, suspect on, on, uh, in the passing defensive uh, side of things, the only way to win games is to turn the ball over. So I was happy to finally see the, my Lions step up against uh, a one of the, the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback uh, in the NFL. So it was nice to see it uh, all, all coalesce together. But uh, they got to do it uh, about 13 more times this <laughs> season to, to, to make it worth their while. So, But it's a good start. They go into the bye week, and they've got a lot of – a lot of uh, a lot of good things to to look forward to in this bye week, but going two and three and having lost to teams like San Francisco uh, and the New York Jets, there's a lot of reason to believe that they can turn things around if they continue to play uh, games like this. But they also got to send a fruit basket to uh, Mason Crosby. Mm, I'm I'm sure he accepts your pity with gratitude. Uh, real quick, you mentioned Detroit's on the bye. Dangles, who else do we have on the bye this week? So the teams on the bye this week are the Detroit Lions of Brian Balzarini fame and the New Orleans Saints, who just pulled off an impressive victory against the Washington Redskins on Monday Night Football when everyone was watching Drew Brees break the all-time passing record. Yeah, that was, a, that was a, just a shellacking on New Orleans. A good time for both these teams to take a break. They head into the break. A uh, little bye with uh, riding high for both these teams. But let's get down to business. This is why we're here. Let's pick some games. Brian, we're going to go to you first for two in a row because in the Rams and uh, – the Los Angeles section, the three other people here pick the Rams and Chargers game. First up, Dangles, what do we have the Rams doing? The Rams will be going to the Mile High City to play the Denver Broncos and Philip Lindsay. All right, Bry Guy, what do you got? I'm going to pick both both Los Angeles teams to win this week. Jumping right in, not even giving me I'm not even I haven't even given you the second game yet, and you're just picking LA. I love it. So okay, I, I, so explain I like, yourself. I, I like them both. I like them both. But, um, you know, I think the Rams this week really, truly have a, a uh, another tough game ahead of them. But at the same time, I think they're going to they're going to pull another victory out like they've been doing as of late. And what's your uh, thoughts on the Chargers game? TJ, again, the only one here to pick Cleveland. But what do you think the Chargers can do in Cleveland against this resurgent Browns team? I, I believe they have to allow their offense to take uh, a center stage because the, the Cleveland Browns offense is not looking uh, like it's working on on, on, on every cylinder uh, like they hope. Baker Mayfield looks great. He's 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 energized this team. Um, you gotta you gotta shut him down. But this this Browns defense is 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 better than most people would uh, would, would think. And I think the the Chargers have got to come out. They've got to establish the running game, and Philip Rivers has got to keep the ball safe and sound. Um, so just play consistent, play well, and, and keep the turnover margins uh, to, to, to a minimum. Gotcha. Okay, so that means all the three hosts of the Left Coast's podcast pick both Los Angeles teams to win this week. TJ, our guest host, has the Rams and Cleveland. Let's move on to Thursday night. Dangles, take it away. Okay, Thursday night football. The Philadelphia Eagles travel to East Rutherford, New Jersey. Could we see another miracle in the Meadowlands? It's the Eagles and the Giants in New York. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe they need to come back from that that dev devastating loss to the Minnesota Vikings. They've got to get themselves back into into form and I believe they can do that against the New York Giants team who they've had their number uh, for the last couple of years. I believe they have uh, beat them the last three meetings. Uh, so, yeah, so I really think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to bounce back and uh, get Carson Wentz back on track. This is a tough game for me because these Thursday night games can go either way. I really think uh, Philly is just playing down to their competition. I also think there is some chaos going on in the New York Giants locker room. But for some reason, 
I see this game as being one of those games where we look at it on Friday and we just should just throw it out the window. I think the Giants win a weird one, so I'm going to go with the New York Football Giants. Dangles. That's an interesting pick. What? What? what why? I, I, just really quickly, like in a sentence or two. What is? Well, what, what, we, why? We saw this past week these teams that are that look to be shitty, but if they're hosting in the home game, home field advantage matters. On a quick week, these two teams know each other so well, and the Giants just they do have offensive firepower and players that can play, and they almost beat Carolina. And Carolina is a playoff team to me. I just think New York can gel together. And I don't think they're a good team, but I think for some reason they will have Philly's number on this quirky Thursday night game. All right, fair enough. I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one. I think this comes down to quarterback play at the end of the day, and I think Carson Wentz is a ticking time bomb. He is scheduled to go off at some point. He's been slow this season. We know what he's capable of, and I think that's coming. Uh, I like the Eagles to win this on the road. All right, TJ, you've been doing the uh, the lyrics for the first two games. Are you going to continue this trend? The lyrics are going to keep pumping out the speakers, and I'd like to think that little five-year-old cheese man had Illmatic in his headphones in 1994 when Nas said, I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. I lay puzzled as I backtrack to earlier times. Nothing's equivalent to the New York state of mind. I'm going with the Giants. They look competent against my Panthers. The Eagles are the walking embodiment of the Super Bowl hangover, and they stink. Giants all day. Cheese, let's do it. Okay, okay, moving on. All right, next up we have the Buccaneers heading to Atlanta to take on the woeful right now uh, one and four Atlanta Falcons. A rough start to the year for them. Yeah, it's really falling apart. We've gone over the first coach fired, and I threw Dan Quinn up there because he he he's if they're going one and four, this is a team that we all picked to be in the NFC Championship game. Some of us in the in the Super Bowl. And now they're one and four. I think they're still going to beat Jameis Winston and coming off the bye Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Atlanta needs a win. Absolutely. I agree with you. They need a win this time around. I think they do beat the Buccaneers coming off the bye, even though even though the Bucs are hopefully, you know, for the at least for the sake of their franchise, going to have done a big reset. And OK, now we've got Jameis back under center. They still can't run the ball, and that's going to be a problem for them. I think the Atlanta Falcons are due for a win here, and they're hungry. They're pissed off that they've been playing the way that they've been played. I don't think Matt Ryan's going to let that stand for much longer. I'm going to go with Atlanta. I'm, I'm obviously skeptical because of their record, but I also, when you look back at the, the matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons uh, the last couple of years, the Atlanta Falcons always, always had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers number. It's shocking to say the least, but I think uh, this team, uh, having been as good as they've been the last couple of years uh, with the likes of Matt Ryan at the helm, I believe they pull back uh, uh, and, and get themselves back into the conversation, at least within this division. All right, let's go to TJ. I believe it was Big Boy from Outcast in 2000 who said, Pity Pat Rapper's trying to get the five. I'm a microphone fiend trying to stay alive. When you come to ATL, boy, you best not hide. Falcons, a must win for the Falcons against Burt Wonderstone and the Tampa Bay Buffoons. Let's go. <laughs> Next game. Next up, uh, the Carolina Panthers make the 410-mile journey north to Landover, Ooh. Maryland, where they take on the Washington Redskins. I am going to be going with TJ's Carolina Panthers. They they have looked like one of the best teams in the league. They obviously had a scare against the uh, the New York Giants. And when you look at the Carolina Panthers and the matchups they have against the Washington Redskins, I think this Washington Redskins defense is going to have a hard time um, matching all the weapons that are, that are working for the Carolina Panthers right now. All right, Brian gets Carolina. TJ, this is your team. What do you got? Pretty sure I used this last, last time I was in the coasters, but like a band on tour for decades, sometimes you just got to play the hits. Jay-Z, referencing the monumental DC comic event on Kingdom Come, once said, take off the blazer, loosen up the tie, step inside the booth. Superman is alive. 
Cam Newton and the Panthers and Christian. It's just two dope boys in a Cadillac. McCaffrey is going to go nuts on the Washington football team and do it up. Another W. Let's go. I'm very tempted to pick the Redskins here. I'm not going to lie to you. I know they just got their their mm. like their shit kicked in against the New Orleans Saints, but no one was going to beat Drew Brees on Banner Night, where they're where they're putting up all these awards and all these all these records that no one's going to beat Drew Brees there. I think Washington's a legit team, but I just don't see that Carolina defense letting Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson do what they want. I'm going to pick Carolina in a closer game than I think TJ over here expects. Dangles, you're the last one. What do you got? I think it's going to be a close game, but I think this rushing offense of the Carolina Panthers is just going to be too much to contain. Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton between the two of them. Can you imagine? Game planning for one of them is bad enough. Do you imagine having to game plan for both of them? The Carolina Panthers offense is potent, and the way this team's playing right now, I think they got a lot of ways to beat you. I think they do beat the Redskins. It's, just, it's still the same team that needed a 63-yard field goal to beat the lowly Giants. Hey, a win is a win is a win is a win. Okay, all right, moving on. Next up, we have the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks heading to take on the Raiders. This, I, I have no idea where to go on this game. The Seahawks look like dog crap. They played the Rams very diff- very tough, but they still lost. Oakland, no idea what's going on in that organization. This team, I think uh, Seattle has zero defense. Zero defense whatsoever. I'm picking somehow John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders to beat the Seattle Seahawks because I think Derek Carr is a big, big day. Braga, what do you got? I'm going to pick the Seattle Seahawks. I think this team is, like we saw last week, they always manage to stay in the game. They don't ever get really blown out. And I just think Russell Wilson is one of those guys that, you know, he, he, he makes he makes hay with, with just about anybody and everything. And I think he and Tyler Lockett are having a, a good year together. And I think you're going to see Tyler Lockett have a really big game against the Oakland Raiders uh, in, this, in this shitty defense. I, too, am going to pick the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> here. I like them to win this one. They And Brian's right. They've been in every single game pretty much that they've played. And I think Russell Wilson's just kind of like a bug you can't squash. And he's going to give them trouble. I'm going to pick the Seahawks. The Raiders are just going to continue to skid. The 2013 smash hit monster, Eminem featuring Rihanna. This one's a bit on the nose, fellas. I apologize. The lyric is, it's payback. Russell Wilson falling way back in the draft. Turn nothing into something. Still can make that star into gold chump. I will spin Rumpelstiltskin in a haystack. I think that Sierra, Russell, and the gum chewer get a W against Chucky and the terrible Raiders this week. Mm-hmm. I'm alone on the Oakland Raiders. I'm alone on a couple of these already. It's going to be an interesting week of pick'em dangles. What's next? Next up, the Indianapolis Colts uh, head to New York to take on the New York Jets, who that- just pulled off a great yeah. win against the Oakland Raiders. Sam Darnold looked like a big boy quarterback making some big boy throws. He didn't have a huge day in terms of like yardage. I think he finished the day with 198, but he was efficient with his passing. He looked comfortable. And Pucky got great protection from his offensive line. Yeah. If I'm a New York Jets fan, and I never would be in this life or the next, but if I was one, hypothetically, I'd feel pretty good after watching that performance. The fact that the New York Jets have better wide receivers than Andrew Luck has to throw to is the reason I'm picking the Jets to win this game. I think Indy could come in and win. But I'm picking the New York Jets. I'm also taking the New York Jets here. I think I like I like Sam. I like them enough that I'm streaming Sam Darnold in one of my fantasy leagues this week because I got a quarterback on a bye. It's just the way it's going to go. I'm going to pick the Indianapolis Colts to go into New York and uh, sink the the hopes of this New York Jets uh, offense and Sam Darnold. I, I just I we see it every week. We see a team fall to another team that we just thought was clear as day they were going to win and or lose i just think the new york jets uh being led by a sam darnold uh is, is an erratic team 
they they match up well against certain teams like we saw against Denver. But I, I, I think this is a trap game and I think Indianapolis is gonna come in and, and, and at one and four try to find a way to keep this season alive and and they can do this against the New York Jets and I think we're gonna see a good 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 week out of Andrew Luck and, and some pieces around him uh support his his uh his his efforts. So I'm going to pick the Indianapolis Colts. You might be right, TJ. Do you agree? I had to dig deep in the crates for this one, fellas, because it was tough to find a reference that matched my prediction. But uh, the great Tupac Shakur once said, hey, there must be a God because I feel lucky, paranoid, out my mind, because Mother Effer is trying to rush me. Lucky, a.k.a. Andrew Luck, a.k.a. the Colts. <laughs> w. Bry, I'm with you. Oh, man. What's next, Daggles? Barbecue chicken. Wow. Okay. Uh, after that, we've got the Arizona Cardinals heading to Minneapolis to take on the Vikings in Minnesota. Hey, Josh Rosen didn't have a great stat line, but he won himself a football game. And uh, I, I, I truly believe that I bet on him. I didn't make the pick in this pick him last week, but I bet on him and he won a football game. I think Rosen can play. Problem is, Minnesota, I think, found their groove back. Minnesota wins this game in with ease. Bry guy, what do you do? You agree? Yeah, this one's pretty easy, Minnesota. I'm actually really excited for Josh Rosen, but if there, you know, and I'm glad this game, this game was talked about right after the Indianapolis Colts. If there is a team that has less firepower uh, at their wide receiver core uh, currently working for Josh Rosen, uh, it, it's it's him. Yeah, Larry Larry Fitz has more injuries than Deshaun Watson right now. It's not looking good. Dangles, do you agree? You know, the Vikings cannot run the ball right now. Dalvin Cook hasn't been healthy. They've had absolutely no help out of the backfield, pretty much giving it entirely to the $84 million man, Kirk Cousins, to, to make or break this team. Uh, I think it's entirely feasible that this Vikings team that got walloped by the Buffalo Bills could lose this game at home. I don't think this it's going to happen this time around, though. I think the Vikings are, are just too good. Well, fellas, I know it's not hip-hop, but if you could please humor me. I think Kirk Cousins is going to be channeling his royal badness when he's bringing that purple rain, purple rain. I'm going with the Vikings. Fantastic. All right, moving on. Uh, we have this uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in an in-division rivalry heading to Cincinnati to take on the scorching hot Bengals. This is a still, I will still die God on this hill. It, Tony. This is a vacant team. <laughs> you really My, are going to die on this hill. They were down 17 to nothing in the end of the third quarter, and Ryan Tannehill decides now is the time I need to be Ryan Tannehill again and gives them 14 points. Gives them 14 points. This Cincinnati Bengals is fake as shit. Pittsburgh found oh. themselves. Ooh. Pittsburgh is going to kill them. Wow. Cincy is not making the playoffs. I just, Pittsburgh. I just don't understand how, how you can't see that this team is for real. Week after week. If it were anyone else... If it were anyone else in the lucky. NFL, I would call no, them lucky. No, you wouldn't. No, uh, no, no, you wouldn't. I think you would recognize it. They keep on, they keep on doing it. You were ready, to, ready to buy that Patrick Mahomes was the second coming of Jesus after literally the seventh, the first game that he ever played. Both of you, and sure, he was. But uh, now, so but and now the the Bengals are what four and one. They're at the top of the NFC AFC North, and you're not you're not ready to crown them. Well, crown their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you no, got? I, I think I think they're legit. I am uh, going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers here, however. They shut are... your mouth. <laughs> I still think uh... you should buy into the Bengals. No, no. The Bengals are a good team. Instead of, because you can look at it the other way around, instead of, oh, Ryan Tannehill handed them the game, you can look at it and say they were down 17 points and they fought back and they won. Joe Mixon coming off of surgery in his first game back has a monster day and helps them close it out. I, I, I don't see what there is not to like about this Bengal team. They're fun on offense. They can play defense. Geno Atkins is a monster. I, they are a solid 
team, let's and go, they're going to keep winning. Let's go to our fellow Red Rifle, Brian. What do you got? I am I'm not as high on the Bengals as as some other people might be in this conversation. Uh, Andy Dalton has only had 12 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He's not having a stellar year, but he's making plays when they need to. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to come in after this big win, uh, home win, and and put up another big day. I think Ben is finally taking taking control of this team. Uh, the identity of this team was was in flux because of uh, a lack of Le'Veon Bell, but but Connor has done an amazing job filling in. It's this defense that needs to kind of uh, uh, step up and 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 match this firepower on offense. Um, and I think the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, have not been able to to do well uh, as as well over the last couple of years against Big Ben, and I don't think they're going to dethrone him. I'm picking Pittsburgh to win. It was on the Marshall Mathers LP in 2000 that Eminem proclaimed, every time I write a rhyme, these people think it's a crime to tell them what's on my mind. I guess I'm a criminal. Criminals, a.k.a. prison stripes, a.k.a. tiger stripes. I'm going with the Bengals. Ugh. I don't have a great reason. The Ugh. matchup is usually a bloodbath. Uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of penalties, maybe some ejections, but I just hate the Steelers, and I'm sticking with the Bengals. Okay. All right. Moving on. All right. Next, the uh, Buffalo Bills, who are somehow not in last place in the AFC East, despite having a minus 55-point differential leading the NFL. Uh, the Bills head to Houston to take on the Texans. If they can't win this game, the Houston Texans, uh, then I'm I'm about ready to declare them dead for the season. I'm I'm so happy to have seen them win, prove me right, uh, and, and and beat the Dallas Cowboys. But they've got to just take a game over. They just have to win a game convincingly. Um, and and I think the Houston Texans have a really good opportunity here uh, against the Buffalo Bills, who are about as inconsistent as anybody. And and I got to you got to give Josh Allen credit. I know we all kind of kind of make fun of him because he's 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 learning on the job as, as much as anybody else uh, but he's making plays with 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 what he's got and I think this team is lacking in depth and they're putting too much on uh, too much uh, on this young man's shoulders uh, and I and I, but I, I just think that the, the Texans have got to make a statement at home against a Buffalo Bills team who does not play well on the road um, they just got to win this game and I think they're going to Houston Texans both of these teams are so dumb they're just so stupid these two teams and I just think Houston has better players on the field. I'm picking Houston, even though I don't have any faith in either of these organizations. Dangles. Uh, I think the Houston Texans absolutely have to win this, and I don't think they're going to overlook the Buffalo Bills either because I think a couple of teams have done that already, and they've seen what can happen to them. I think the pass rush makes life really, really difficult for uh, uh, Josh Allen. This is for the younger coasters out there, and maybe they could help me decipher this one because I don't know what it means. Degrassi High's very own Drake said once upon a time, like H-Town in the summertime, I keep it 100. Met a lot of girls in my times there. Word to Paul Wall, not one fronted. You you said that like a 40-year-old white yeah. man. Stay off my lawn, Drake. I don't know who you are. <laughs> You're not in my generation of hip-hop artists. I have no idea what that means, but I'm going with the Texans. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, let's head to uh, Miami where the Bears are in town to play the Dolphins. <laughs> Tony, let's start with you. Uh, I have no faith in this Chicago team, but Miami made me so angry last week, and I think Khalil Mack and the defense ruins the Miami Dolphins. I'm picking the Bears. All right, Dangles, what do you got? <laughs> uh, I am going to pick uh, – uh, I'm actually going to – I'm actually going to pick the Dolphins here, I think. They, they they play well at home. They can beat the Patriots at home. They can beat the Bears at home, right? Sounds like a confident man. Brad guy, break the tie. Uh, this one's hard. Uh, I think the Chicago Bears coming off there by uh, are ready to do one of two things, fall asleep at the wheel and be completely taken uh 
taken off guard by this Miami Dolphins team who, who has a penchant for finding ways to lose. Um, or they're going to come out swinging. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, bet on the latter. I think the, the Chicago Bears uh, know exactly what position they are in right now um, in, in the lead of this division that is quite honestly one of the most perplexing ones uh, this year. Uh, and I don't think they're going to give up uh, any ground to, to, the, to the Green Bay Packers, the Lions, or the Minnesota Vikings. And I think they're going to take down the Miami Dolphins, Chicago T- Bears. TJ, before Kanye West lost his mind and started wearing red MAGA hats, in 2007, he said on DJ Khaled's Grammy family, from the shy, the city of hella haters, where we keep rising to the top like elevators. I'm going with the Bears. The defense says it all, and the Miami Snowflakes peaked early and are terrible. Let's go, Bears. Okay, TJ right. takes the Bears. <laughs> all right, uh, next up we head to the Music City where the Baltimore Ravens will be playing the Tennessee Titans at Nissan Stadium. I think this is going to be a very fun field goal-oriented game. Like, both of these teams don't know how to score <laughs> touchdowns. and it's both... gonna, So it's going to be Ryan Suckup versus Justin Tucker. Yeah, and it's going to oh be – I, I truly don't know who can win this game because it's going to be a very – I think these two teams are pretty much equal, uh, equal teams. And Mike Vrabel's a good coach. Uh, Harbaugh's a good coach. Tennessee, they obviously were overlooking the Buffalo Bills. I think they strap up, and I think they beat the Baltimore Ravens, and I think they end up winning that division that they're in. I'm going with Tennessee. Always tough to uh, come off of a loss to the Browns, I feel like, just sort of for your team's morale. Just to get, get and to lose in overtime on what might have been one of the ugliest field goals I've ever witnessed in, in my entire life watching football. But they still won. Win is a win, like I said earlier. So, hey, uh, I think the Titans are going to win as well. I'm just giving them kind of the home field advantage here. These are two very evenly matched teams. I could see it going either way, but I'm going with the home guys. Titans win. I'm going to go with the Ravens on this one. I think the Ravens uh, are one of the most erratic teams coming off of one week great and then the next just completely flunking um i'm gonna pick them to bounce back and i think joe flacco uh has to rekindle his relationship with mr brown uh that has been so successful uh, for them this year yep tj look guys they can't all be winners i'll preface this line with saying that nelly got really creative in 2004 on the track heart of a champion and I would say the line before or after it, but none of it rhymes, so there's no point in saying how it rhymed. But the pertinent line to my prediction was when he penned the clever line, I'm the one y'all raving about like Ray Lewis. I'm going with the Ravens to bounce back this week. Let's go purple. Ravens all day. You wonder what happened to Nelly, huh? Dangles, what's up next? Do you, though, wonder what happened to Nelly all that much? Uh, next up, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, tails between their legs after getting spanked by the Kansas City Chiefs, head to Dallas to take on the Jerry Jones team. I think this is just exactly what this Jacksonville team needs. I think Dallas is dead in the water. They're de- Jason Garrett, we talked about him on Tuesday along with Bill O'Brien and those first coach fired polls. He might not make it to Thanksgiving, man. I think Jacksonville beats them up in Dallas. Jacksonville. Braga, let's go to you, buddy. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Um, What's interesting about Jacksonville, Blake Bortles manages every week to do the exact opposite of what he did the week before. And I think this, this week in particular, after having such a terrible, terrible, terrible showing, uh, and making me look like an asshole uh, <laughs> against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Um, I think he's going to bounce back, and we're going to see a Blake Bortles that all of a sudden remembers how to how to play uh, quarterback in the NFL. Um, I'm picking the Jacksonville Jaguars and then bouncing back. I, I think with Jacksonville, I think you're right there, buddy. I don't know if it's Blake as much as it is this Jacksonville team needs to play with a lead. It needs not to be able to play from behind, and Dallas just doesn't score enough to put Jacksonville in that position, so I think they'll be fine running this game. Dangles, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to take the Jaguars here. This game very well could be like 10 to 7 when it's all said and done. Yeah. Like this or or like 12 12 to 7 with five or four field goals uh, uh from Josh Lambeau in Jacksonville. I am picking the Jaguars. I think their defense is going to be too much for Dak Prescott to handle, especially considering he's got not a lot to work with outside Zeke Elliott. He'd be the one X factor that I would see is if Zeke goes off on the Jacksonville defense, which I just don't necessarily see because he rushes so much between the tackles and they're so good on the interior of that defensive line and at the linebacker position and their secondary is good tacklers. I think they're going to contain him. They're going to make Dak Prescott win it with his legs and with his arm, neither of which I'm really liking right now if I'm a Cowboys fan. The Jaguars are going to go in and steal one from Dallas. TJ, I spent about 30 or 40 minutes trying to find something that referenced my pick here. I tell you what, I don't think I succeeded, but it was on the multi-platinum Life After Death where the late, great Biggie Smalls did say, remember he used to push the champagne range. I remember that. Silly cat. All swayed in the rain. I'm going with them silly cats, the one and only Dangles Jaguars. Let's go, silly cats. Yeah, baby. Go Jags. Uh, next up is the Sunday night game. Uh, we've already picked this game, uh, 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 Brian, so we're going to leave this one to you. It's the Chiefs against the Patriots in what could be a league-shifting contest. Dangles picked the Patriots. I picked the Chiefs. Now, Brian, we're going to go to you. And, Braga, what do you got? I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the New England Patriots. Uh, what's happening in Kansas City is nothing short of special. Um, but the one weakness the Kansas City Chiefs have is their, is their defense. Uh, they, they, they're, they're running a little high on the, uh, on the numbers from week to week. But uh, they're being constantly bailed out by Patrick Mahomes. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think the creativity of Andy Reid with this offense and Patrick Mahomes uh, is not going to be slowed down. And I think after watching what happened to New England in, in Detroit, if New England does not get off to a really good start, they get caught behind. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs, unfortunately for them, uh, have yet to be slowed down by anybody. And I just don't see it happening with the New England Patriots defense. I think they're going to get behind and they're going to stay behind. And they're going to once again fall to, to a good team in the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be one hell of a game. TJ, let's go, buddy. What do you got? Oh, man, do I hate to do this. Do I hate to do this. Well, guys, we're going to bring Eminem back for the hat trick here for the third time in these pick'ems, and um, I just can't even look either of you guys in the eyes when I say this, but he got a little controversial with this lyric. when He said, Surely I'm turning into the Aaron Hernandez of rap. State of emergency. The planet's having panic attacks. Brady's returning. Matter of fact, I may be deserving of a pat on the back like a Patriots jersey. I think the Chiefs are due for a loss, and sadly, I'm going with the Patriots. Hey, man, even Eminem, one of the greatest rappers ever, knows where greatness lies. That's exactly right. Uh, That is exactly right. Let's go to Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football, indeed. Tony, you must be excited for this one. The 49ers are coming to town to Old Lambeau to take on Aaron Rodgers 
and the Packers. Listen, I am very excited to watch this game, not because I think Green Bay is going to blow them out, which they will, but because Joe Tessitore, Jason Witten, and Booger McFarlane just spent the last three hours on Monday night just jacking off Drew Brees over and over and over again, saying how wonderful he was. I can't wait for Aaron Rodgers to get that treatment. I'm going to watch this with a couple of tissues and some lotion and have a good old time. Dangles, what do you got? Well, I don't want to pick the game anymore. I'm not going to watch the game anymore. And now that that image is forever ingrained in my head, uh, I'm going to pick the Packers here. I'm tired of picking the 49ers. Every time I pick them, they 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 bend me over and they don't even buy me dinner first. So screw them. I'm picking Green Bay. A lot of imagery here. TJ. It's got sexual real quick. Okay. Um, Little Wayne somehow is from New Orleans, and yet he doesn't cheer for New Orleans. He nope. cheers for this other pitiful, lowly, non-playoff team. But Little Wayne did say at one point, money green, yellow broad, Aaron Rodgers, MVP award. This is Green Bay, B-word, we go hard. This is Packer country, where's your green card? They stink this year, but they're good enough to beat the 49ers at home. Packers. Yes, yes, sir. Braga, you're going to make it a clean sweep for the Packers on Monday night. Yes, yes, <laughs> I am. The Green Bay Packers will beat the San Francisco 49ers at home. I think they're going to make uh, C.J. Beathard uh, wish he was still at Iowa. Um, and I think with a lack of a running game and all-around uh, offensive identity, the San Francisco 49ers will find themselves uh, victim to a bounce-back game for Aaron Rodgers and that receiving core uh, in Green Bay. Green it's Bay a, all the way. It's exactly what Green Bay needs after that terrible game in Detroit, and I hope it happens. But that is it for the Week 6 Pick'em. The Week 6 Pick'em. Thank you, Bry Guy, for calling in from lovely Detroit. Thank you to our guest host, TJ, who's trying to match the record of 10-5 and five that others have set before him. TJ, you want to say anything to those before you leave? Big Ben Fink. I don't like guys that are taller than me. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, you are taller than me, and you're a handsome fella. But you're going down this week. Sorry, Cheese, you're my roommate and decent friend at best. You're going down as well. Barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken. For some reason, that keeps getting mentioned. Brad Guy, thank you again. We're ready to have you back here. You got anything to say before we see you in the booth next week? Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, being in Michigan has made me realize how much I love the Southern California weather. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to be back with you guys and for another good week of football. And hopefully, hopefully, it'll be me choosing uh, the Gravestones this week. I feel pretty good about this. Yeah, you've yet to win a week, and you got a lot different on this, on this uh, little piece of paper here than me and Dangles. It very well could happen, but I doubt it. And that is all for the Left Coasters this week. Well, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram on the Left Coasters podcast. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes, Left Coasters podcast. You can email us at theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. It's a very big week for football. Kansas City at New England. I cannot wait. Get your popcorn ready. Woo! All right. And uh, finally, TJ, join us in. And lastly, big old Hardy. Ram it. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis.
You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.